Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hiya, folks. You're listening to Two Men and the Mouse, episode 171 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on October the 19th, 2018. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Peter Mandel. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Pete. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. What's going on in Florida? Ah, uh, you know, sun and sun and shine. Uh, folks, we are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Pete! What is going on, my friend? How are things up there at Rogue Comics in Cranford, New Jersey? You know, it's getting colder. <laughs> yeah, I, that time of year. I miss that. I mean, living down here is wonderful. Living in the Orlando life is, is fantastic, and I love my life, but... I do miss the one thing I miss from Jersey. Like if I could just bottle the fall weather and like and have it for at least a couple weeks of the year, I would love it. Yeah, you know I love I love the I'm I'm a winter guy, so I like it as cold as possible. Yeah. So uh we are hitting the redo button. Um so first of all, welcome back to Pete. We've had two episodes without you, um, just because we've had a hard time getting our schedules together. Um uh, got caught up on the news last week uh with our friends Alex and Lauren from the Elixir of Life Harry Potter podcast and of course Zach, thank you to Zach and Becky Adams uh for t- doing the not so scary show with me. Uh I actually went to not so scary with them and my did you did I send you my costume? Yes. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it, I really enjoyed it. I was I was Pete, not Peter Mandel. I was uh Pete the cat from the classic um you know, Mickey Mouse cartoons, like black and white era, Pete. Did you think about going as me? Uh, for a minute, yeah. And I think people would have gotten it. I would have had to grow my beard out a lot, though. That's what I didn't want to do. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so we are kind of hitting the redo button this week. We had a episode scheduled. We were going to do the email bag for all of our great listeners who sent in questions to us. And we lost the episode. The file was corrupted. And it happens sometimes. It's probably happened to us like three or four times throughout the course of Two Men in the Mouse over the last four years. Uh, but we are back and we are answering those questions, the ones that are still relevant here today. And here to answer them with us is our good friend Dave Weikert, Disney travel agent from Magical Travel, who will plan your disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you hello dave hey how's it going cap uh, it's going good dave how you been uh very good enjoying the fall weather like pete yeah exactly I'm, I'm jealous of you guys but i'll just go to magic kingdom and get over it um <clears throat> dave you <laughs> dave you were here recently right you did a you did a recent business trip here to walt disney world yes i was there a couple weeks ago we did i did a vip tour for the first time oh how was it Oh, it's fantastic! What 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 we goes did, into a VIP tour? We did all four parks in in a one seven hour uh, period. We hit all the big rides in each park. Wow, it was fantastic in seven hours. So you just skipped all the lines, essentially. Yes. Okay. Is that cause is a VIP tour like things that you book for your clients and stuff? In general, it's kind of it's kind of pricey, but uh, like. But, like, if a client wanted it, they can book it through a travel agent, right? Like, you booked the Dolphins In-Depth Tour for me, I remember. Yes. Folks, we are going to jump right in. We've got some news before we get to your questions. We have two items on the news this week that were actually on last week when I was with Alex and Lauren. But I wanted to bring them back up because I feel like they're big enough to discuss. And we'll we'll get to it later. But uh, annual passes at Walt Disney World have just gone up. So the prices I'm giving now are before any Florida resident uh, discounts. The Disney Platinum Pass is now $994, which is up from $949. So that's a pretty hefty price increase. Yeah, it'll be weird. When that thing cracks 1000 that's just odd. That's what I was just thinking. Like, next year, it's pretty much a guarantee that there's going to be an annual pass for more than $1,000. I mean, it's weird, but, like, in the comic book world, like, comics are generally three ninety nine, And right. they've been $399 for. Ever. Yeah. Because I feel like when they break that ceiling, like people are going to freak out a little bit. 
So, I, I mean, breaking a thousand dollars for an annual pass is just going to sound weird. It could be a thousand and two dollars. It's going to be weird. Well, do you think Walt Disney World will draw the line at nine ninety nine ninety nine? Well, no. that, that didn't last for, for DC Comics. So. No, it didn't. DC Comics had a big thing a couple years back where drawing the line at two ninety nine, like they weren't going to charge you any more than two ninety nine for a comic book. And how long did that? How long did that last? I literally hung up a poster that said that on it, and it, the poster was still up when they were like three ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. The Platinum Plus is the pass that I have. It gives you no blackout dates. You have access to all four parks whenever you want, free parking. You also have access to the golf course and both water parks. Um, now, I've had that now for three months. I've not gone to a water park yet. So, You're not using your value. I'm not. I'm not getting the value out of it. The Platinum Pass, which is what I used to have, is now $894, which is up from 849 Wait a minute, have you been going to the golf courses, though? Uh, no, not yet. Because don't they have, like, uh, the golf where you kick it? Right, the foot golf. I, I definitely want to do the foot golf, and I think when my friend Zach is here in January, we're going to do it, uh, okay. if it's still offered. But um, if I ever really wanted to, like, annoy a bunch of golfers, I would go golf, because right. I'm, ter- I'm terrible. I'm historically terrible at golf. Do, you, do either of you play golf? I do a little. Are you any good uh, at it, Dave? No, my my kids are both better than I. I shoot around a hundred. Ah, uh, so you had you had to deal with that that moment where your children surpassed you, huh? No, oh, yes. Ah, uh, must have been rough, Dave. I feel for you. Yeah, it's pretty much every sport now. Luckily, my father never had to deal with me being better at any sport than him. <laughs> so, what about, about wrestling? Uh, well, yes, I'm a much better professional wrestler than my dad, who hates professional wrestling. So. There you go. That's a that's a feather in my cap. Um, that, the, that's a pile driver. Exactly the the gold annual pass, which has blackout dates, uh, but they're, they're it's pretty much just like Christmas time, and I think like a little bit of the spring it is now six oh nine, which is up from five eighty nine, and the silver pass, which essentially blocks out everything the gold blocks out plus the plus um, pretty much the entire summer, uh, the entire month of July plus some of August and some of June. Uh, is now 479 which is up from 439 so huge increases uh to be an annual pass holder at walt disney world and this went into effect on the 16th pete have you ever have you ever gone the annual pass route one year when you were doing more than one trip one year i did it and i remember i took three trips within that year wow um granted the third one was like a short trip like literally with weekends um I remember crunching the numbers, and it was okay. I think the problem is, if you're going to commit to that annual pass lifestyle as someone who lives in New Jersey, you have to be banging these trips out. And for me now, I just it's easier for me to go once a year for a longer trip than a bunch of shorter trips. Okay, so you know, nine ninety four is your typical Platinum Plus pass. Uh, Dave, how much? How much is like a typical? Like I know it's all different now with like the different days, but you figure about a hundred dollars a day plus. If you've gone ten, to, if you've gone for ten days, you've paid for your Platinum Plus annual pass. Yeah, from last year, you basically had to go like eleven days was when you would be it made more sense to get the pass holder. Right. It was like up to ten. It was about equal, and then eleven is when you start saving. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, speaking of price increases, parking rates have gone up as of October the 16th. Preferred parking for a car motorcycle is now $50, which is up from 45 wow. Yeah, that's preferred parking, which, by the way, preferred parking is a scam. Never do it because preferred parking, you actually walk more than if you just park in regular parking because you park in regular parking. The tram pulls right up. You get on the tram. It takes you right to the TTC or to the entrance to the park. So ne- whenever I see people do preferred parking, I always shake my head. Interesting fun fact. I mean, I almost never have a car in Disney World. Right. But we had a car last time. My wife, who, by the way, is someone who would get preferred parking. She'd be like, I'll just do that. Um, she loves the parking tram. Oh, they're great. Them. I mean, like, it's like a ride for her. I'm like, really? The parking? I, I don't care if I ever go on one ever again. No, she specifically likes them. I'm like, oh, that's cool. What's funny is the the parking tram is one of the fastest rides you go on throughout your Disney day, unless you're doing you're doing test track. It is definitely faster than Space Mountain. It is it is definitely faster than Space Mountain, uh, especially if you get a really good uh, like person on the back of the parking tram. 
doing the whole spiel. Like sometimes they're very fun. Sometimes, you know, they don't really, they just say what they have to say, but sometimes they make it a really fun experience. It's the jungle cruise of the parking lot. It, it can be. It very much can be. Uh, so standard parking is now $25, which is up from $22. So only a $3 hike there. Oversized vehicle parking, which is shuttle buses, limos, campers, trailers, uh, RVs, a bus or tractor trailer is now $30 per day, which is up from $27. So there you go. Okay. Now, but when you were there, you didn't have to pay for parking because you were a resort guest. Correct. Yeah. Annual pass holders and resort guests do not have to pay for parking, which is a, a nice benefit. I I went to Universal City Walk the other day, like figuring, okay, I'm just going to City Walk, whatever. I'm not going into the parks. Ding me for twenty two bucks to yeah. park to go to City Walk. I mean, listen, I stayed in Universal, and you still have to pay to park at the hotels at Universal. It's like insane. You Paying to park is a scam. You know uh, what? But, I mean. Like California is like that. Even like the Disney hotels in California, I'm almost positive. I mean, I haven't had a car when I'm out there, but I'm 99% sure you have to pay to park there. It's just the way it is. You know, well, you have to do a Disney World now. So. Oh, yeah? Well, you know what's funny to me is that Disney doesn't – like Disney has the parking fees, but they don't really care. Like I, when I pull up, if they just see that I have a magic band on my wrist, a lot of times they'll be like, have a magical day, sir. Sometimes they'll scan it and even ask me my last name or ask to see my driver's license, but that's a very, but it's like only sometimes. Whereas like Universal and SeaWorld, they're like, give me your pass so I can scan it and then give me your photo identification. And like, it's like, they want your money. Disney doesn't really care. They know, they know they're getting more money out of you once you hit the park. Your mother's maiden name. Exactly. Name of the hospital you were born in. Any former aliases. Uh, Disney Springs news. We got some news over at the Springs. Uh, the world of Disney is now reopened. The second phase has been complete. Okay. So it's that original area that was like the princessy area where they had the Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique for a while. Yep. Yeah. So that's now open. It, it's the same kind of design, obviously, as the other side with the, the warehouse looking, uh, style. But it actually has a Christmas section now, which I'm assuming is going to be a seasonal section that they'll rotate in and out. Right? A whole Christmas store. Why you there is a whole Christmas store, but yeah, I guess they want to put it in. World of Disney gets more foot traffic than the Christmas store, I'm assuming. I genuinely love that Christmas store. It's the best Christmas store on property. People that don't go in it are really missing out. It's the only reason my wife goes to Springs. Honestly, that, that Christmas store, like there's a Christmas store in virtually every park. I don't believe Animal Kingdom has one, but you've got um, you've got the <laughs> Christmas shop in Epcot in uh, in the German Pavilion. You've got oh. the old Christmas shop in the Magic Kingdom, and you've got the um, the Christmas store right outside Muppet Vision in Hollywood Studios. But they're which t- is like buried in the back. Yeah, but like these Christmas stores are tiny; like they're just kind of like buried in the back of the uh, of the parks. Whereas this this um, Days of Christmas store in Disney Springs is massive. Cool. They have these things. Oh, and I hate that I need it so much. They are nutcrackers that are one is Chip and one is Dale, but it makes so much sense for them to be nutcrackers because they're chipmunks. Oh, I think I got you know what? I, it's bad. I think I bought those when I was there last time. The, I mean, the problem is they sell them separately. You're not just going to get Chip or Dale. I bought both. Yeah, you got to get both. Not only did I buy both, but have you seen? Um, they have like a haunted mansion style Mickey and Minnie nutcrackers. Yes, I have seen that. I own them. Like, why do you need this many nutcrackers? I have no right. idea what I'm doing with them. Are you, cra- I, are you not using them to crack nuts? I do not. I think I bought a Jack Skellington one, too. I, I don't know. Listen, Christmas stuff is the one thing I can, like, sell my wife on. Yeah. Like, typically, I want to buy something in Disney. She's like, if you really want it. And you're like, oh, man. But Christmas stuff? Like, nope. You can't sell enough of it. She loves, like, holiday decorations. They have the, they have this series of uh, Bambi stuff. Like, Bambi Christmas, like, kitchenware. Which yeah, is, we bought, we bought, bought a bunch. Yeah, it's like a uh, flower. I think is like the butter dish, and Thumper is on the gravy boat, and I forget what Bambi's on. Might be might be like the Bambi and Thumper. One of them's on the creamer bowl, and the other is on a gravy boat. You know, ironically, when we went last November, so I, I piled up all this Christmas stuff. I bought one of those ceramic trees, um, which is like the old school style trees, like from when I was right. a kid. But Disney characters on. Which, by the way, I'm going to tell you what stinks about it. Battery operated only oh i thought it would plug in like a normal christmas decoration but anyway uh so i got all this stuff and uh heather wanted a new tree skirt 
tree skirts, well, yes, just a piece of fabric that like pines are going to fall on. Uh, usually relatively expensive. Yeah, so, I mean, unless, unless you're getting like a like just a plain color at Walmart or something like that. But those Disney right. tree skirts are like seventy bucks. I I want to say the Disney trees. Yeah, it might have been. I, I want to say it was ninety, but I my brain might just wow. be wow. So we end up putting that back. Right. We went to the Disney store in Jersey Gardens Mall. Do you remember that mall, Kevin? Yeah. What do you mean? Remember that mall? Is it not there anymore? No, I don't know. But I never go there. But the the Disney store there used to be considered Disney outlet. Now it is literally like 10 square feet of outlet and the rest of it's a Disney store. Right. But in those 10 square feet. What did I find a month ago? That same exact tree skirt, 20 bucks. Oh, my. See, these are things that you need to, like, text me about when you see them, and I will be PayPaling you immediately. Totally made my wife happy. And I bought a set of Oswald ears. Oh, nice. Five bucks. You know, Oswald's not in, um, is not in Disneyland anymore. Oh, really? I heard they got rid of him, yeah. Did he do something wrong? I think he stole some carrots from the salad bar. I don't know. Well, listen, I'm going to wear... Oswald ears when I go, so you should. I, Oswald's. Got, I got to meet Oswald for the first time when I went to that DVC event. I might have to make a free Oswald T-shirt now that I found this out. Free Oswald. I think he's still in. Uh, in I think Tokyo. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so, all now the thing that I don't like about the world of Disney, I'm I'm not one of those people that's like violently opposed to like the new warehousey kind of like streamlined look of it. I think it makes sense. You can fit more merchandise in there. What I am opposed to is they got rid of the big Huey, Dewey, and Louie that were outside over by uh, World of Poutine. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, I was really upset by that. But the the spitting stitch remains. They actually put in... I'm pretty sure they replaced it with a new spitting stitch. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So the one over by the Ghirardelli Chocolate Shop is still there. Resort news. We got some big resort news this week. You ready? Yep. Disney's building a new resort in the Magic Kingdom area. What is it? It's a. They haven't given it an official name yet, but they have announced it is going to be themed nature. Uh, it's a new Disney Disney Vacation Club property that will be built on Bay Lake between uh, the Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness. So, oh, wow. It's a deluxe resort, which is going to be themed to complement its natural surroundings. It'll include more than 900 hotel rooms and proposed Disney Vacation Club villas spread across a variety of unique accommodation types. Um quote here from George A. Caligridis, the president of Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, it says, uh, Walt Disney World is in the midst of our most significant expansion in the last two decades, and the combined 1,700 new hotel rooms and proposed Disney Vacation Club villas <coughs> we are building at our four different resorts will create thousands of new construction and permanent jobs and will drive economic opportunity and incremental revenue for Central Florida. We continue to add new attractions, new lands, and these beautiful accommodations will be right in the heart of all that magic. Uh, this is slated to be Disney's 16th DVC property. That sounds pretty cool. It's, ironically, it sounds like it's perfect for my son. He loves anything nature. Yeah, the, the senior VP uh, and uh, general manager of Disney Vacation Club, uh, Terry Schultz, says this resort experience will be a celebration of Walt Disney's lifelong love and respect for nature uh, with some fun and even surprising accommodation types that families will find irresistible. It will give our members and guests yet another opportunity to stay in close proximity to all the newest attractions and experiences in our theme parks and with the flexibility, uh, value, and world-class service families expect from Disney. Okay, so no water park news this week other than the fact that uh, I haven't gone. We've got uh, Magic Kingdom news. Okay. Uh, filming for the Disney holiday specials has been announced. When is it? November 7th to the 11th. Is it like getting earlier or is it just me? I feel like it might be getting earlier. Like you think is there, they have to, I don't think it could possibly get any earlier than where it is at the, this year. Because... I'm telling you, when I took you as a baby on his very first trip, they were filming because I remember how loud it was and him like freaking out as a baby. Yes. And it was December. We went the first week of December. So I know for sure in 2005, they filmed in December for this. So that means all the crowds are going to be from New Jersey. That's exactly. true. Oh, yeah, it's Jersey week. Maybe that's why they're doing it. No, I don't think so, because let, let me let me get through it. So following from the previous year's formats, there'll be multiple shows that are set to air throughout the holiday season, not just Christmas Day. Uh, so they'll take place in, throughout November and December. Airing dates will be announced. But like last year, there will be no parade at Walt Disney World. Stage show performances, including musical acts, will be filmed in Florida. The parade will be filmed over at Disneyland in California. Now, here, here, here it is. 
tickets will not be made available to guests with cast members filling in the audience as extras. Really? Yep. It may be possible to see parts of the filming from guest areas, however. I hate this. Like, hate. Because now, like, they're completely manufacturing the experience. Listen, Kevin, you and I both know that this holiday special isn't even remotely what it used to be, even 10 years ago. No, I mean, it's, and it was always a commercial for Disney Parks, but now it's, like, overtly so. No, but I, you know what the problem is? I feel like it's not commercial enough. I don't care about all these, like, performing acts and stuff. I actually want to see Disney World stuff. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I could, I could see that. But I don't like that they're not letting guests, like, be in the audience. Yeah, I get well, I get your feeling on it. I can't, ima- I can't imagine that you, for, like, the musical acts, I can't imagine that happening. Because <laughs> if they're recording on the stage, you're not going to close the hub. Uh, maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah, man, honestly, maybe they will. I could see them filling in cast members for, like, because they do, like, they'll, they'll, like, interview celebrities on the hub grass. Like, I saw that one year. And I could see them like filling cast members in the background there. I mean, maybe they had some bad experiences. Maybe some people were like yelling stuff out. Yeah, I mean, that has to be what, you know. So in further Magic Kingdom news, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party has been sold out for Halloween night. Now, while this is not huge news because it happens every year, it's huge news as to when it happened. Because it's it's October the 19th and it just happened recently. It, so it normally happens quicker? It normally happens within weeks of the tickets even going on sale, which is months and months before the party. Hmm. So okay. uh, tickets remain for all other evenings. This year so far <clears throat> has seen less sold out, not so scary parties than any previous year. The only nights that have been sold out were opening night on August 17th, September 14th, October 4th, and now Halloween. So only four parties were so remember like a couple years ago this party sold out every night it did I, and when i went i didn't think it was crazy crowded so do you think it's less people are going to the party or do you think they started in august now so more more locals are like dispersing where that when they go well if that's the case then it was wise for them to start it earlier i agree but they've also rate they also hiked up the price for these fall events so maybe that's what maybe that's what's With, going on you know i think these parties these hard ticket events are barely worth it Yes. I mean, I have a family of four. You right. know, I'm yes. buying four of those six. And you're put, pushing 400 bucks. And, yeah, it's insane. And you're already getting your park hopper pass and everything else. And that's just another 400 bucks on top of everything. Well, my, I, I will say, I thought that my, uh, my not so scary ticket was pretty manageable. Uh, but the annual pass discount, it was like $70. Uh, for September. But the October, in October, they're up to almost a hundred bucks. So that's why I wouldn't. That's why I went early. Yep. So I, I think it's. I think it's partly there's more times to choose from, and I think it's partly they've priced a lot of people out of this. You know what, though, in a sense, it's good. What my only real concern about buying these tickets, and and I also am a believer that Mickey's Not So Scary is worth it. The uh, Very Merry, I don't think it's worth it. But um, you know, buying your ticket advance. What's the only downside? Well, what if there's like a torrential like storm that night? You kind of bought your ticket around. Yeah, this is very true. If these shows aren't, if these parties aren't selling out and you can literally kind of like get closer and see like the weather forecast, I mean, that would stink to spend 400 bucks and it's like a super rainy night. I agree. So in that sense, for the uh, consumer, maybe it's a little advantageous to wait till closer to the date you actually want to go. Totally agreed. Um, I, oh, by the way, speaking of not so scary, I will tell you, Space Mountain in the dark is absolutely terrifying. Oh, listen, I never like Space Mountain. So. It's it's terrifying, and I love it. I love Gunpowder Pete, though. Gunpowder Pete was great. Gunpowder Pete and Kermit had a altercation while I was there. A dust up. A little bit of a dust up. There is video. I'm pr- I'm planning on editing together a vlog with all the video clips that I took. But there's some pretty classic uh, Kermit interacting with with the pi- with the live pirates uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. The uh, Gunpowder Pete was great. Um, like I said, Space Mountain was awesome. The lights on uh, the teacups looked fantastic. But I also realized if I ever want to experience the the lights out uh, Space Mountain again, all I have to do is close my eyes when I ride it. Or bring a sleep mask. <laughs> right. Right. So it's not like I have to wait for next year to experience that again. There would be nothing better than a ride photo with like an awesome sleep mask on. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that would be cool. You should make that happen. Yep. Maybe, like, do, like, a whole series of it? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, so uh, we've got Epcot news. Now, the Epcot news is going to be a rehash from last week, so bear with us here, folks, but we need to actually have some discussion about this. And the Epcot news this week brought to you by our friend Dimitri Ivanos, my uh, co-host on our new show, Comic Critic, but also the host of Chewing Clock, his uh, college football podcast that airs every single weekday on armchairallamericans.com and on iTunes. So check them out. 15-minute episodes every single weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, Spaceship Earth is closing for a refurbishment, which is not huge news, but it is huge news because it's closing Peter Mandel for two years, according to Walt Disney World News Today. Has not been confirmed by Walt Disney World yet. I know. I've been waiting for some confirmation on this. It's kind of early for them to confirm it, I think, because it's it's still it's two years away. So we've got four years before we get whatever kind of new experience we're going to be getting oh so it's not going to close for two more years oh yeah no it's it's um it's closing in in 2020 oh okay so but you know what for most people though that's that's two more rides on this attraction if they go once a year no yeah you're right Uh, and for some people it's no more rides so thank the phoenicians while you can folks because who knows if they'll still be there the What are we thinking? That, that back VIP area that's connected to the rear of Spaceship Earth, we think that's going to be like somehow involved in this new track system. Do you think so? Because I don't. I, I think they're getting a new sponsor and the new sponsor will just take that area over. I kind of no. saw this coming because historically they tend to turn over Spaceship Earth when sponsorships run out. I agree, but I, I'm finding that ride sponsorships seem to be dwindling. Yeah. I, I you don't see as many of them anywhere. Spaceship Earth is something they do love to get sponsors for, though. Yeah, of course they love to get sponsor for anything. Yeah, but I'm telling you, you just you keep hearing all this talk about a different, you know, ride track and then expanding the ride. I'm telling you, it's that building behind Spaceship maybe. Earth. Yeah, maybe. No, no more Muppet Vision 3D presented by Kodak. Remember that? Yeah. So don't be surprised if you have a new ride entrance. Yeah, I could see that with like a whole new like a whole new queue. It would be on the reverse of where it is now. It'd be facing the fountain. Which I think would actually help with with lines in the long run for the attraction, because when you walk in, like, it's the first thing you see, so it's the first line people jump on. So in the beginning of the day, it's Spaceship Earth line is usually pretty long. Yeah, I also think it would make entrance into Epcot where you walk up to Spaceship Earth. It'll make it a little more, um, like, beautiful and scenic, as opposed to you were walking into seeing a giant line. Very true. Very true. So that's my opinion. That's what I think they're going to do. Do you think we are getting rid of Dame Judy Dench? Yes. I would say so too. Usually when they turn the ride over, they get it. It started with Walt, you oh. had Walter Cronkite, you had Jeremy Irons, you had Judy Dench. Unless they're going to get her to do it again because it's obviously going to need a new voiceover. Yeah. So, I mean, who do you think they're going to get? Um, Maybe Ariana Grande. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it? <laughs> or maybe, maybe, no. maybe we can conjure the Macho Man Randy Savage to do it. I have no idea, but hopefully somebody with a distinct uh, voice. I don't want Morgan Freeman. I'm on record. Uh, I'm on record saying this. You're not getting him. Why? Why do you think that? I just don't think he's going to do it. He did the Hall of Presidents. I understand, but I'm just saying, like, and it's not that I don't like Morgan Freeman. I love Morgan Freeman. I think his voice is magical. But I, I, I need some things in life that he doesn't narrate. <laughs> I get that. I don't know who I would pick. I, yeah, that, that's a question for another day. Illuminations. Um, we have some news about that. Have you heard this news, Pete? That in early 2019 they are announcing the uh, the replacement for Illuminations. Oh, uh, what is it? We'll find out in early 2019. You don't know already? I thought you just weren't telling everyone. No, uh, Disney will announce in. Uh, so Reflections of Earth will play through the end of summer 2019 with a new show to debut immediately following. So we're talking fall 2019 for whatever the new show is. They're not going to give you they're not giving any info about it until next year. Is there any chance it could be Guardians of the Galaxy related? I got to tell you, Pete, I'm wondering because I'm going to like go crazy if it is. I'm wonder- I think it's going to be I-, I think it might be IP related. That'd be awesome. So here's what WDW Magic said. No other details were provided, but various sources have indicated to us that drones will be a part of the new show, and here it is, expect to see familiar Disney characters and stories as part of the show. 
Hmm. I don't like that. Yeah. I have happily ever after for that already. Yeah, I was hoping that I would do something vastly different. It's it's just part of this like this IP takeover of World Showcase, which in some instances I'm okay with it. If it like adding Ratatou- the Ratatouille ride in um, France, totally cool with that because there's enough France in there to give me that that educational experience. Well, you plus know. they all have nothing really right now. Right, and the, yeah, the character, the character meet and greets all throughout World Showcase, great, love it. Something like Norway, though, where an IP has taken over the entire pavilion, that's bothersome to me. Now I'm all right with it. Listen, I love the Maelstrom as much as the next person. I mean, I genuinely loved it, but that ride never had a line. I'm not saying don't have the ride. I like Frozen Ever After. I'm a big fan of it. I'm saying like. That Norway pavilion is all frozen now. Yeah. Not well, one not one but two frozen gift shops. I mean the only thing you really have is like that little uh you have the bakery, the the church area where you have right now they're doing all the they have a great display on the Norse gods, which I highly recommend taking a look at. And and part of that, that one shop, like that the Puffinsers, that's all you've got. And a couple live Vikings walking around. Yeah. Looking. You know, they don't really like to be asked questions about their pillaging ways. Are they from Arendelle? Uh, probably from Arendelle, because right. that's what it is now. Arendelle, Disney's Norway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Reflections of Earth debuted in October of 1999. So when it closes, this will be have been here for 20 years. I remember when I went that summer, They, if you stayed on property, they gave you the uh, Reflections of Earth CD. Oh, cool. So of all the music. You still have it? I do, of course. I do also. Yeah. We've got some Disney's Animal Kingdom news. Several attractions are getting reduced hours for the rest of this year. Okay. So a part of the relaunch of the parks uh, as a nighttime destination sees Animal Kingdom typically open to about 8 p.m. Kilimanjaro Safaris will be closing at 7.45 p.m., so 15 minutes before the park closes. Uh, then moving down to 6.30 p.m. in November. The Maharaja Jungle Trek is operating with a delayed opening at 10 a.m. and closing early at 5 p.m. The Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail is also opening after park at after park opening at 9.30 a.m. with an early closing of 4.30 p.m. And Cali River Rapids opens at 9.30 a.m. with early closing at 7.30 p.m. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Uh, so your you nighttime know, safari Animal is going to have to be earlier. What? Real fast. Uh, like, let's say you want to go on Flight of Passage late. What time do you think they actually still let people online? I think they let people online I, up to 7.59 if it closes at 8 p.m. I was on there five minutes before closing a couple of weeks ago. So they for real let people on until the end. They do that with every every park and every with every attraction. Okay. I was just curious. I don't ever really have that happen, so, but interesting. And we, and we went on five minutes before closing, and we had a 35-minute wait. Okay. Uh, we Oh, so I had the best safari ever recently. It was a, I, I got four out of four baby animals. Oh, nice. Not only was baby Augustus out, the baby hippo, he was chasing birds. Oh. It was adorable. Uh, then I saw the baby mandrill, which is, like, super small. It was, like, hanging on to the mother mandrill. And, like, even seeing the mandrels is, like, difficult at times. Like, they're not always around. So right. not only seeing the mandrels, but seeing the baby mandrel, that was pretty rare. Saw the baby giraffes and saw the baby elephant. That is definitely a uh, successful spark. It most certainly is. Uh, they're talking about adult animals. I'm like, get out of here with your adult animals. Once animals, <laughs> once animals get past adolescence, they're dead to me. Uh, um, Hollywood Studios News. We have, and this is exciting news, an all-new Disney Junior Dance Party. Yay! Yay! Yay. Who's in it? <laughs> um, so the all-new Disney Junior Dance Party will rock the party with high-energy songs, dazzling special effects, new friends, and beloved characters, including Mickey Mouse himself. I believe it starts in December. Uh, in the new show, DJ DJ and host Finn Fiesta Invite everyone in for the party, creating an incredible interactive atmosphere for kids to sing, dance, and play along with favorite Disney Junior stars like Doc McStuffins, Timon from The Lion Guard. Now, I've not watched The Lion Guard. Is it the same Timon? I would assume. 
Yes, I'm, I I bet you it's the same costume. <laughs> Timon from the Lion Guard, not Timon from the Lion King, as most would know him from. Uh, and right. Vampirina from the hit Disney Junior series, Vampirina. And of course, Mickey Mouse races in from Mickey and the Roadster races just in time for the big finale. So we we learned uh, a bunch of new dance parties coming. We talked about it last week, including the Move It, Shake It, Mouska Dance It um, dance party coming to Magic Kingdom, which is going to be like a Mickey Mouse Club, like remodeled kind of thing. Okay. Now, here's some exciting, some actual exciting Hollywood Studios news. Toy Story Land is getting seasonal Christmas decor. Oh, nice. Yes. Beginning November the 8th. What are we going to have, Peter Mandel? Oversized cranberry and popcorn garland, a holiday card selfie of Toy Story Pals, an oversized ham sugar cookie, green alien ornaments, and more. The land's attractions will also be plussed up for the season with new holiday audio. Guests will hear sleigh bells ringing on Slinky Dog Dash, while alien swirling saucers will offer two holiday tracks plus themed lighting. Toy Story characters will also join in on the holiday look with new costume overlays. That's the one I liked. This is huge, awesome, amazing news. I am so happy. I mean, Toy Story Land is already looking really cool. Adding a Christmas overlay to it, fantastic idea. I'm a big fan of it. So my, I think it's weird that like uh, we get so excited about things like this. Right. Because I can understand people being like, okay, that's a little weird. You're so excited. But it's awesome. I like whenever it gets very uh, holiday-like. I, I, and that's why I love the Christmas season so much. I mean, Dave... I remember Dave famously told me before my first solo trip, uh, he said, when you go for Christmas, that's the only time you're ever going to want to go again. Yes, it's my favorite. Yeah, it, it, it is. Cause like, and like you say all the time, Pete, it's Halloween on Magic, the Magic Kingdom in, on Main Street. It's Christmas everywhere. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I can't wait for the Christmas. I've got my, uh, I'm, I'm doing my first Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. First time ever? First time ever. I got my ticket. What day are you going? I believe I'm going the first night. I think it's the it's either the eighth or the ninth, whichever one that eighth. is. So I have a friend who's coming up from Jersey. Him and his wife are going with me and my girlfriend, and it's going to be a night of cookies, hot chocolate, and jolly merriness. Very Don't eat safe. the cookies. Don't eat the cookies. No, the cookies not so good. Why? Have you ever had Dave? Have you ever had the cookies? You're right. They're they're. Not the way your mom made them. Well, that's just, hot, well, that's disappointing. My mom made my mom made them from a, a tube from the supermarket. So, right, and they're still not the ones your mom made. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we are gonna. That's the news for this week. We're gonna take a quick commercial break here from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network, and then we'll be back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So, stay tuned, folks. More two men in the mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. Of course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. That sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008 and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it was his own and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. 
You give them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer. Folks, take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men in the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to kingdomstrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit kingdomstrollers.com. My name is Dimitri Ravanis, and I'm the host of a brand new podcast called Chewing Clock. Now, you might remember me from my old show here on WDPN called The Extra Magic Hour. Well, now I've got a new podcast each and every weekday morning talking about my one true love, college football. That's right. Chew on that, wife. You don't have to be a hardcore fan of the sport to like the show. You don't even have to be a fan at all. Sure, sometimes we're talking about what's happening on the field, but other times I'll be arguing passionately that Nick Saban is a Gryffindor, not a Slytherin. So tune in each and every weekday morning. The show is never longer than 15 seconds, and you can always find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and at armchairallamericans.com. The name of the show is Chewing Clock with me, Dimitri Ravanis, and my co-host, Tyler McComas. Join us every weekday morning. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic work days to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. My name, my name, my name is Barry Allen. Is Oliver Queen? Is Carl My name is Kevin J. Kessler. 
I'm not the fastest man alive, nor did I spend five years in hell. And despite my lifelong wish, I'm not from Krypton. I am a published author and podcaster with a love of all things geeky. And a lot of that love is centered around the CW Network's DC Universe. That's why I'm teaming up with the great folks over at the Hanging with Web show to create the Just Us Watchtower, a look inside the Arrowverse. It isn't just going to be me rehashing what happened on all of your favorite CW superhero shows. No, this is an in-depth discussion with a rotating panel of superfans diving deep into the themes, interconnectivity, and overall storyline of The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning. So join us every single week on the Krypton Radio Network for a trip through Central City, Star City, National City, Freeland, and time itself. And we'll see you in the Watchtower. Watchtower is Folks, since the inception of Two Men and the Mouse, our friends around the world, you all, the Mousers, have been a constant source of joy for all of us. And we love to give back to you. We love doing shows where we can give you control over what we talk about. That's why we are bringing back the email bag this week, where Pete and I, along with our good friend Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, uh, go through your planning questions, your impression requests, your, your just overall Disney questions. And we give you opinions, we give you facts. And we give you some entertainment, hopefully. So that's why this week for our e-ticket attraction of the week, Pete, Dave, and I are answering your email questions. Okay, and I say email bag, but it really is just Facebook questions at this point. We haven't done emails in like a long time. They're not actual like uh, snail mail questions? No, no, it's not like... No, I, that would be like the end of uh, Miracle on 34th Street where they bring in like the big pile and like, and, like dump I it all on you- my desk. I've been giving you credit for carrying this mailbag for years. Uh, well, I mean, I I write them out longhand and put them in a bag and carry them just so that you're not a liar. In calligraphy. In calligraphy, yes. Okay, so, heading into the questions here. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. Marilyn Fillion from Montreal says, Hello from Montreal. I have one day in Walt Disney World in November. I want to see Flight of Passage and Toy Story Land. What is my best strategy? This is a good question because you've got two of the newest things in Walt Disney World. And how do you go about getting to both of them when you only have one day? Well, if you're not doing a uh, VIP tour, which would be the easiest. <laughs> and, I most guess, ex- and most expensive. Right. You're, <laughs> you're going via- to do a uh, have a fast pass for one of them and get to the other one as early as possible. I, I would agree with that. I would say if you have to be able to fast pass one, um, try to get Flight of Passage because that is the harder ticket to get and it will be the longer wait. Um, So try to get one of them for like midday, I would say, and then get to the other one right at rope drop. And You know, if she's only going for one day, she's probably not getting a fast pass for these things. Probably not. I actually think this is relatively doable because if you got the Animal Kingdom first thing in the morning, you could even if you had to wait on the crazy line, you could do all of Pandora in the morning. Do you mean like before like park opens at nine, you can get it all done before noon? Even if you showed up there at nine. I mean, yes, you're going to be in that initial hour and 45 minute wait, but you could get it all done before lunchtime. I agree with you on that. And at the same time, I actually feel like the best time to hit Toy Story Land is probably not first thing in the morning. No. One with little kids is bombarding it. So the later your day goes on, I think you're better off your chances are at Toy Story Land. Sometime like mid afternoon when people are taking the, uh, the, 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 like the nap, the nap break. Right. I, I think it's actually extremely doable. Now, I don't know what else you're squeezing in that day, but if you wanted to see Pandora and Toy Story Land in one day, you can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so I, if you can't get fast passes, get to Animal Kingdom first, like Pete yeah. said. Get to Animal Kingdom first, run right to Flight of Passage. You're going to still wait. It might, Like Pete said, you might still have an hour and 45 minutes to two-hour wait. I personally have always said the Flight of Passage is worth up to a two-hour wait. I agree with that. And don't let it scare you if you get there and the line for Flight of Passage is like, like down the bridge, like leading out of Pandora. Because that that is, they just haven't opened the ride building yet. Correct. Also, a friend told me recently, and I haven't been over to check yet, but apparently recently the single rider line was open for Pandora. 
for flight of passage. So single rider is always an option if the if the weight is insane. And you might you won't ride together, but then again, flight of passage is very much like a solo. Yeah, a, I was just gonna say it is single rider attraction, so that almost doesn't matter. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if you're even in the same theater or not. Yeah, meet up in the store afterwards. Exactly, like meet up by the meet up by the banshees because. I've always found if you're with a group riding test track single riders a bit of a bummer because you don't get the picture together. Right. But there's no picture for Flight of Passage, so and it's no, and it's an amazing wait. attraction. You'll wait on the line together. You'll wait on the single rider line together. Yeah. Exactly. So you're really with each other the whole time up until you get on the ride, and the ride is totally solo anyway, so it doesn't mm-hmm. make a difference. I, I will say, uh, Slinky in November, uh, Slinky Dog Dash, you probably won't wait more than an hour. I mean, I've yeah. I've seen it get up to I've I've seen it get up to ninety minutes recently, but typically it, it's not going to be as long of a wait as Flight of Passage. No, I'm telling you, one day it's definitely doable. Jeff Curtis says, question for Dave. How does he profit from planning our trips if there are no costs to us? Seems too good to be true and maybe makes some people hesitant to call. I think this is a great question that I'm sure a lot of travel agents get asked. Well, it is a great question. And one that I answer almost daily is there is a built-in commission whether you use a travel agent or if you don't. Uh, The same price we use is the same price you find online. and the uh, and we always prove prove will match it. If my price doesn't match yours, something is different. And there's no reason not to use a travel agent. I agree because you know what? At the end of the day, if you don't use a travel agent, you're just giving Disney Disney just pockets that that money. Exactly. So you're paying it anyway. You might as well have someone take care of everything for you. And it's the same for Universal, also. Oh, it is the same for Universal. That's cool. Yep. Yeah, and Dave also does plan uh, Universal Orlando vacations, so definitely give him a call for that as well. Tom Duffield asks: Are items such as the Monster Smash Burger and snack items available on the Disney Dining Planet Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party? So I did some research on this one. I found uh, there were not a lot of there's not a lot of information about this out there, and of course, like a moron, I forgot to look while I was actually at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. But I found <laughs> I found an answer on DisneyTouristBlog.com where they said that. Uh, pretty much all of the Halloween snack options in the party and out of the party are available as a snack credit on the um, the Disney Dining Plan. I would think they are, but it's good to have confirmation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say the the key lime ice cream soft serve that they, they have at Magic Kingdom now, they have a, a Maleficent soft serve cone with the key lime ice cream. That key lime soft serve is no joke. It's awesome. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I had the, um, they have a Peter Pan uh, ice cream float now. So it's the key lime ice cream floated on top of Sprite. Oh, that sounds good. It was so good, Pete. So, so good. I I can't get enough of it. It's almost as good as the uh, citrus swirl float, which is the citrus swirl oh. floated on top of orange soda. Very, very happy with this. That's high praise. High, high praise. Yep. Okay. Uh, Brett Morton says, love these mailbag episodes. Our next trip is in December for our first experience during the Christmas holiday. We've always heard that the best time to go during Christmas is right after the Thanksgiving holiday. That's when we're going, but that's Pop Warner weekend. Does Dave have any tips on navigating weekends with these types of special events? Thanks as always. What, what Brett means here, Pop Warner weekend, uh, kind of like the cheerleader weekends, They uh, the cheerleading competitions, they have like a thing where they bring in like pop warner football teams from all over the country and they come in they stay they enjoy the parks but they also have like a thing that they do i think at why world of sports so dave any advice uh for people going during well, these weekends most, most of the time they're they're staying at the espn sports center so you mean you mean all you mean all-star sports yeah no the where they're having their competitions. Oh, oh, the, you mean like where they're going to be for most of the time that they're there? Yeah, yeah. Wide world of sports. Wide world, world of sports. sports. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, they most of them stay probably at the All Star Sports, so that is a little bit noisier that week. But most of the time, there's always events going on, yeah. and and it, the parks seem to absorb them. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's a typically quieter time of the year. It's not a huge, huge, huge amount of people. And I would say my biggest advice, like echoing what Dave said, is just avoid staying at the All-Stars if you can. Like if you're staying value, stay Pop Century or or um, or even like if you can go moderate, go moderate. Because none of those like school like kid groups are staying anything at anything but value. 
You might get exactly. some of the chaperones, but they're not going to be loud. Like some of the coaches stay at the moderates. I, I had a, co- um, a couple coaches uh, that I Uber drove back when I was doing that. They were like, oh, yeah, I'm staying at Caribbean Beach. And the kids are all staying at all the all-star resorts. That's funny. You you know I've gone that week a bunch of times. I've never had a problem whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. M- now, my friend Zach, um, who was on the show uh, two episodes ago talking about Nikki's Not So Scary, he stayed during Pop Warner Week at All-Star Sports, and it was a nightmare. So definitely avoid the All-Stars uh, if you if you can. Especially because like at All-Star Sports, they have that football field out there. Yeah. So they're going to be out there. They're going to be rowdy. Okay, Kathleen Grove says six of us are cruising on the Disney Dream this spring. Thanks to Dave for hooking us up. Oh, you got some uh, some Dave Weikert uh, clients here. What Woo-hoo! onboard activities are a must-do for us? We are two grandparents, two parents, and two kids, 12 and 14. We are also big into pin trading. Are there opportunities to trade pins on the ship? Thanks. They are starting to do some pin trading, but it's not as big as at the parks. Right. Um, do the cast members have the lanyards on on the, on the ship? They may sell them. I haven't seen any, but um, but the, some of the guests, it's it's not as major, but they do have in the stores very unique Disney-only pins that you can only get on the ship. So uh, what kind of onboard activities uh, would you recommend for them? Well, they definitely have to, uh, for the kids, definitely sign up for all the kids' clubs. And then they do have for 12, 12 and fourteen. That's that's good. They have stuff for like preteens and teens. Oh, they have from age three up up to us uh, eighteen. Oh wow. Okay. Cool. And they're all different levels. And if your kids are in between, they'll let the older one come down to the uh, younger one. Um, the uh, the Bippy Boppy Boutique is available on most of the ships. So you sign up for that. There's spa treatments you can sign up for. And for adults, uh, they have uh, wine tastings, tequila tastings, bourbon tastings. Wow. Uh, and they're for a Disney cruise, they're actually reasonable. I think when I did the uh, tequila tasting, it was like $25. And eventually you had four tastings. That's fantastic. That makes, we'll me, that makes me want to go on a cruise. I, I definitely want to go. Like, Disney cruise is definitely a bucket list. Pete, is that even on your bucket list, a Disney cruise? Uh, no. I didn't think so. Like, you have no interest in them. No. Uh, (laughs) I know people go and have a good time. It's not my uh, cup of tea. Okay, so Sunny Santo says, Dave, we've done uh, Disney World recently, but we're planning our first return to Disneyland since 1986. I was little, and all I remember was Mickey and Churros. It'll be November of 2019. Besides giving you a call, which I'm recommending to our trip planners, are there specific things about planning that we should know for land versus world. I'm going to let the two of you handle this because that's your wheelhouse. Uh, land does tend to be a little bit more laid back, which is kind of a good thing. Uh, you're not obviously doing fast passes and meals are only 60 days 60 out. days out. Much yeah. easier to get. What's the hardest one you think, Pete? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Would it be the Blue Bayou? Is that like the most uh, popular? Yeah, so Blue Bayou kind of is – I mean, I love Blue Bayou. That's always the one I go to first. Um, It's where I'll be going first on on this trip. It's – I think it's getting a a decent time. You know, I mean, I've looked at – you can get Blue Bayou a month later, but you're eating at 8.45. You know, you don't always want that. Right. So get an actual dinner time that you want. I mean, I do, of course, you know me. Like, I'm out there, you know, 60 days out booking it. Although, different than Disney World where you can kind of book them on one day. Disneyland, like every day of my trip, 60 days out, I'm getting up that morning and booking a meal. So it's a little bit different. That makes sense. Uh, Dave, what, what, do you, what would you have to say about planning land versus world? What are the differences in your opinion? Well, un- unlike uh, our Disneyland, you, you have the three resorts, but you also have a lot of friends of Disney uh, hotels all around the neighborhood, which which cut down on the costs if you want to do that. Um, now, when when booking with a Disney travel agent like yourself, can you book those hotels, the the good like neighbor that. hotels? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, they interesting. Act, the good neighbor hotels work in conjunction with Disney, and they're right across the street. Most of them, I mean, there is literally a row of hotels. When I went, when I took Ethan for his tenth birthday, we stayed in a good neighbor hotel, and I mean, uh, walking distance, like to what? and from the park. And it's you had not, a theme, you had a theme park view hotel room, I, didn't you? 
did, which was kind of like cheesy and cool all at the same time. It was neat. I could see like, um, you know, a lot of the California Adventure stuff and it was kind of cool. That's really neat. And and honestly, very affordable. So that's that's a huge difference, Dave, because like with Disney World, you really only deal with the uh, Walt Disney World owned hotels, right? Or the ones yes. that, or like Swan. Can you book the Swan and Dolphin as well? I, I can. And I, I have I've had some occasional problems with them. But uh, generally over the years, they're 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 getting better. Oh, Dave Weikert versus the Swan and Dolphin. It's the celebrity Disney feud that's going to rock 2018. That's a matchup. Yeah. But the uh, Disneyland now comes out with the uh, Max Pass, which is pretty much you you pick your Fast Passes on your app uh, when you're there, and it works pretty good. Oh, so you, now, you can't do it in advance. You have to do it while you're there. You do it while you're there. Now, granted, it's $10 per person per day. Oh, interesting. Okay. So okay. for me, I have five people going. We're going for four days. So we're talking, you know. 50 bucks a day now you do get all of your photo pass pictures as well okay so no need for me to buy a photo pass package which would probably run me what 80 bucks yeah honestly that sounds super worth it because like universal's express pass dave what are that what does that run isn't that like 60 to 80 bucks a person at yeah. least yeah 10 bucks well, for disney fast yeah. passes yeah sign me up in like seven weeks i'll let you know uh i'll let you know how it goes yeah please do do they have as many photo pass locations in Disneyland as they have in Disney World? They don't. Honestly, characters aren't as big of a thing in Disneyland, which you know is really weird because I love characters. Right. Um, as a Disney World person in Disneyland, it's got to be like culture shock to see the evil queen just kind of hanging out with nobody around. It her. is up, right? Now, I'm going to say something which I'm sure is just a like a rational statement, but bear with me for a second. I found that the PhotoPass photographers in Disneyland and California Adventure are better and take a lot more time with you and take pictures. But I also just think it's because they don't have as many of them. Well, so the yeah, ones and it's also because like they're not as they're not nearly as busy. Like the Disney World photographers have probably taken right. a thousand oh, photos yeah. in a day. Listen, when you're on Main Street in Disney World and you're getting that picture at the castle that we all get, uh -huh. and if you're crazy like me and you want one from really far and one from really close, you know when you get on that line and there's like ten families in front of you? That doesn't happen in Disneyland. Yeah, that's awesome. So you take those cream of the crop Disney World photo pass people, you know, when you get a really good one and you're like super happy, especially yes. as a parent, you're like kind of giddy about it. Right. Uh, I feel like that's almost all of Disneyland. But again, they're not as busy and the people who do it really do it well, but there's not nearly as many. So you're kind of only getting cream of the crop out there. I may or may not be taking notes while you guys are uh, talking about this. Just throwing that out there. Why? Because you want to be a Disney pass photographer in California? No, no, no. Not for that reason. Just... Just, you know, taking notes about planning trips to Disneyland. That's all That's all I'll say. Just get on that. Yeah. Uh, Nadine Pelletier, I, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, says, planning a trip with my, ch this is the last question, by the way, planning a trip with my children and my parents, what date range is better and why? Anywhere between November 11th, 22nd, or December 1st to 12th, 2019. Also, is there a way to see Perry the Platypus in a parade or meet and greet? Uh, I'll answer that second part first. Perry the Platypus is nowhere. Uh, you can do the Agent P's World Showcase Adventure, uh, which is a um, which is a great experience around World Showcase. But there is no like walk around, meet and greet Perry the Platypus. There wasn't even back then. No, there was, you had Phineas and Ferb, but you never had Perry. There was there's a costume, yeah. but there's yeah. no. I actually looked into their question about um, crowds for. I would say the December time period is probably better. And so I went on touringplans.com and I looked at uh, the crowd calendar for this year. And that time around, you know, November 12th to 22nd, you're looking at some peak days. Uh, in 2019, Thanksgiving is the 28th. So you're not going to have Thanksgiving around there. But still, it's the week before. I think a lot of people will be taking their trips to kind of coincide with that. That December time period, though, you're pretty much looking at mostly regular, regular days. I mean, touring plans gives, you know, December 4th, for instance, is a one. On the Listen, the bottom line is, if you can go the first week of December, you should go. Yeah. I know everyone can't go. Everyone has, like, you know, works in school and stuff like that. No one in America eats Thanksgiving dinner and says, oh, my gosh, let's go on vacation now. Right. Everyone starts Christmas shopping, starts getting a tree. I mean, that is the time. That is literally the 10-day period where we kick off the holiday season and all the craziness that's involved in the holiday season. No one's going on vacation. There's I agree. Not. I agree. That's 
Yeah. That week is what it is. Yep. And when looking at the touring plans calendar, you got a lot of ones, a lot of fours, a lot of fives. One day is like a six in, I think, Epcot. Um, so that's out of 10. So take that for what you will. Definitely recommending that December. Dave, do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's all the questions. We had some impression requests, but Pete's got to open the store. We're running out of time, so I'm going to hold on to those for a rainy day. You just don't want to hurt yourself. Also, my voice is feeling a little a little weak right now, so yeah, I don't want to really hurt myself. So, Dave, thank you so much for coming in and answering the questions with us. Thank you for having me, and I'll wait for the next one. Always, always. And, uh, Dave, if people want to get in touch with you about planning their Disney vacation, how do they go about doing that? They can contact me at DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net or my uh, phone, 908-709-4199. Fantastic. And uh, Pete, if people want to contact you about booking their Disney vacation, you're just going to send it to Dave. So, you know. Let, let me give you my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, folks. Uh, that's going to do it for Two Men and the Mouse this week. Thank you to everyone who's sending questions. I'm sorry it took so long to get to them. Uh, we are super glad that you guys are patient, hung with us. That's all in our Facebook discussion group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Two Men and the Mouse. <clears throat> uh, folks, if you love our good friend Peter Mandel, please uh, look him up over there at Rogue Comics in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue. Uh, you can also check out roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. As we just said, if you're planning a trip to Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise, Aulani, any Disney resort throughout the world, or Universal Orlando, please check out Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your vacation at no additional cost to you. Send him an email at DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. If you want to rent a crib or stroller on your Disney or Universal vacation, check out our friends at Kingdom Strollers. They will deliver the crib or stroller of your dreams directly to your Disney or Universal resort. Check them out at KingdomStrollers.com. And folks... There's also our good friend Dimitri Rivanos. Him and I are got our new show, <clears throat> uh, Comic Critic, here on the White Dragon Podcast Network, which drops every week. But also check him out at Chewing Clock, the college football podcast, over at armchairallamericans.com. And uh, announcement for me, I have just been asked to do a new show about the CW uh, DC Universe, the Flash Arrow, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. Uh, Supergirl. We're going to be doing that over on the Krypton Radio Podcast Network. So very excited for that. That's going to be coming in November. Also, my books are on sale currently. You can get most of them for 99 cents on Amazon. And a big special sale is coming to Rossinanti Book 1 in November. So please check them out there. You can find my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Kevin J. Kessler author or follow me on Twitter at Kevin J. Kessler. Well, that about does it for this week. Pete, any closing words? Uh, we got to do this again next week. Yep. Uh, Dave, any closing words? Thank you very much. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Please keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse.